Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com slash Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. Hey guys, it's Craig here. As a lot of you know, we typically record these things the night before they come out. As of Thursday afternoon, Chris Jones was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. Um, We all just kind of naturally made the assumption that that was going to be the five days worth of negative tests that he would need to get back on the field for the Chiefs. So we had kind of sort of assumed that Chris Jones was not going to be playing this weekend. Come to find out here on Friday morning, Chris Jones is back in practice. They cleared him, removed him from the COVID list. So a lot of the things that you're going to hear in this are going to be about how Chris Jones is not going to play or how the pass rush will do. There's an entire section for that. So please take that with a grain of salt that you need to take it with. It does appear that Chris Jones will be back this week. So please enjoy the rest of this. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the Game Preview Edition, and it's the 200th episode of the AP Laboratory. What a time to be alive. 200. Find find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, 200 episodes. How have we not got sick of each other yet? I mean, speak for yourself. We are like at 250 when you include all the other shows, and man, I just... no. I love you guys. I love all the listeners. You guys are all great. This is how we've gotten 200s because of you guys and, of course, because of the big RM, the Renaissance man who puts all the magic together behind the scenes, Craig Stout. How do you feel about our 200th episode? I feel happy to have spent 200 AP Labs with two of my very, very good friends and countless more episodes. Guys, this is this is really fun to do, and it's gravy for all of us that anybody even gives a crap to listen to it it's just awesome that we get to talk football with you guys so thank you for sticking with us through all this here's another here's to another 200 uh this we're gonna we're gonna break 2 million downloads on the year on the arrowhead pride podcast channel today as you're listening to this show unbelievable amounts I mean, 1. of gratitude 1.6 million are my family and i but okay. <laughs> yeah i just what i do is i just put my phone and i just set it to repeat so you know you don't know how many those. phones i have but no a ton of gratitude to everyone thank you guys so much for listening to us uh and it's fun to do it with these boys 200 shows plus the ap lab plus or plus the draft show i mean like i mean we've been we've been doing this for a while it's crazy uh okay let's go ahead and get it into the game preview for the game against the carolina panthers just a heads up at the back end of the show uh maddie had a chance to talk to billy marshall of cat scratch reader he's awesome uh they had a really great conversation so we're going to kind of do two points on both sides of the football instead of our normal three and we'll start with the offense and we got to talk about dealing with soft coverage because maddie i think the carolina player uh, panthers are going to probably try to play softer coverage 
eliminate those explosives and force the Chiefs to drive down the field. The Panthers are the team that plays the most zone coverage in the entire NFL. And these last few weeks, as they've dealt with a few injuries in the secondary, they've done it at an even more alarming rate. And it's not kind of the new age zone coverage where it's a lot of match principles. They do a lot of traditional spot drop zones. Billy Marshall, who we had on, talks a little bit about it. He talks a lot more about it on his game preview of their podcast for it on the Blue Wire. And what they do is it's simply, it's simple spot drop zone. You have to, if you're the Chiefs, be able to pick this apart. I mean, this is stuff that you deal with 10, 15 years ago in the NFL. The Chiefs are tailor-made to beat this with Andy Reid's play calling, Travis Kelsey's ability as a zone identifier and to settle down in the open spaces. Like From a whiteboard standpoint, this should be a bloodbath for the Chiefs' offense. They should be able to get whatever they want, whenever they want, assuming the protection holds up, which is a little bit more of a question mark, but just dealing with that softer coverage, they're going to take away the explosive plays, but you've got to rely on your receivers, your tight ends, your running backs to find those soft spots, and it's been relatively predictable as of late for the Panthers. The Atlanta Falcons had no problems moving the ball up and down the field because of that zone coverage. There's soft spots everywhere over the middle of the field. You just essentially have to contain that pass rush, especially of Brian Burns, and you can pick them apart with that youthfulness in the secondary. I expect the Chiefs to be able to find some of that space. It's just a matter of, will Andy Reid try to get a little bit too cute and run into the zones rather than through it? I don't think so. But I mean, as long as they don't do that, this could be another 400-type yard passing game for Patrick Mahomes. The youthfulness in the secondary is youthful as youthful Regis himself, Matty Lane. I, I, I agree with all of that. And I think that this is a prime game for a Sammy Watkins if he decides that he can go this week. But if not, I think Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman, we've seen McCole Hardman really adjust and start to sit down in some gaps and zones, especially when Patrick Mahomes is on the move, which he may have to be with Brian Burns coming off the edge because Brian Burns is a phenomenal pass rusher that we loved in the KC Draft Guide. And boy, howdy, has he been good for the Panthers. But I do think that you're going to see a lot more space for some of these guys to run in. I think you're going to see a lot more opportunity to hit guys. There's not going to be as many contested windows necessarily, especially with the Panthers playing deeper and deeper, you know, trying to keep McCall Hardman and Tyree Kill from scorching them deep. I do think that they're going to be a little bit soft combined with a little bit more static coverage in the middle of the field. I just think that this is a prime chance for some of those guys to eat on the offense. I'm not over Craig saying, boy, howdy. You want to know how I know you're undoubtedly the oldest person on this show? You just proved it. Because you knew jug bands? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I do think you're going to see some very soft coverage and a very strong intention of letting the Chiefs have their way between the 20s. So a lot of underneath stuff. How, do that, how does that manifest? Do the Chiefs try to take some shots still? You know, you saw some double moves last week that really had some success. You know, you're going to have to get something like that. Um, they, you know, that's probably how you're going to see your explosive plays. It could wind up being one of those boring, dominant kind of drive for drive, just, you know, long sustained drives leading to touchdowns. That's the kind of game I am kind of anticipating. And if that's the case, you're going to see some, you're going to see the ball handed off a lot. And what we are kind of curious about is what the running back room is going to look like. Uh, because the sample size is a little wonky with the Jets game uh, last week. what? How do you think the running back room is going to shake out from a snap percentage, uh, Craig? 
Well, I definitely don't think that Le'Veon Bell is going to just get touch after touch after touch like we saw against the Jets. They definitely wanted to get it going, and the Jets decided, hey, we're not going to let Le'Veon Bell beat us. Go for it, Patrick Mahomes. Look at how that worked out. I think we're going to see a lot more Clyde edwards Lair. I think we're going to see him get maybe 60 to 65% of the snap count, obviously, depending on game script here. They still don't love him as the third down back. You got to see Daryl Williams get those snaps against the Jets. I do think that we will see a lot of running with Clyde edwards Lair, especially against some lighter boxes, some softer coverage in the back there. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunities for him to bust some yards there. The Panthers are young. They are fast. So I do think that they'll be able to close on things. So I think that they'll trust themselves to play a little bit deeper, show a little lighter boxes, and allow Clyde edwards Lair to maybe get a little further into the second level before they try and close on him. It's going to be about Clyde making guys miss in open space. And I think that that's really where he's, you know, at his best so far this season. I expect a big day for Clyde as well. Like most people, I think I saw enough levy on Bell from this last week. I think that we saw too much levy on Bell than we should have seen. Clyde Edwards-Helaire needs to take more snaps away from him, or at least more touches. I don't think the snap count was as much of the issue. It was just levy on Bell got a lot of touches in the snaps that he was on the field. And when you combine that with the way the Chiefs have ran that slant flat RPO last week, Clyde looks so much better on them just because he's a little bit quicker. If the linebackers are going to play back on their heels, yeah, patience as a runner is great, but just having that little extra acceleration that he does over Le'Veon Bell, I think pushes him over the top. So I agree. I hope we see more of him. I do think this is a game where you could see the ball get out to the running backs a little bit earlier. Patrick Mahomes is kind of notorious for being a little late getting the ball out to the running backs. He looks downfield, then he gets the ball out to the running backs late. If the Panthers are going to play a lot of spot dropping zone, you're not going to have somebody always working out over that running back near the line of scrimmage. You might give them, if you get the ball out early enough, a little bit of a runway to make some of these younger secondary or second level players miss. Get it to them early enough to let them make things happen, like Craig was saying, either Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think that's an area the Chiefs could find some success in this game. I don't know when the Chiefs are going to get those running backs going in the passing game, but I know it's going to happen this season. There's going to be a game this year where somebody gets 75, 80, 100 yards receiving. I don't know if it's this week, but they could have success as long as that ball gets out a little bit quicker. Yeah, they're still building. I do still think there's a lot left there in the, in the running back passing game and you know maybe they're kind of just holding that stuff back because you know like and especially here's the thing as as defenses continue to try to get depth if the teams that are going to try to play soft zone coverage take away over the top uh and try to keep the chiefs you know capped the the running back passing game will undoubtedly be become more of of a factor for teams and maybe the chiefs are just kind of holding back a little bit and pacing themselves like we've kind of talked about andy Reid's objective is to show as little as he possibly can uh or as little as he wants to and win football games. And the Chiefs are 7-1. and one, And he's still got plenty left there uh, on the table. And part of that might be the running back passing game. Because the, the guys that the Chiefs have in the backfield should be getting you know more touches in the passing game. We have yet to really see it manifest itself. It's certainly capable of getting there. All right, players to watch. What do we got, Craig? I'm going with Mike Rimmers here. I think that the Panthers will probably, would be wise to line Brian Burns up opposite him because I think Mike Rimmers is the slower-footed of the two tackles that Brian Burns would have to go up against. And Brian Burns is 
quick. This man can move. He's explosive. He's flexible. So I think that you can have success lining him up opposite of Rimmers, getting a couple steps and being able to turn a little tighter turn here. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to be aware of the right side of the line all game long if Brian Burns is lined up over there. Mike Rimmers can do a lot of favors for Patrick Mahomes if he has a big game. I expect that he's going to get beat just because Brian Burns is a heck of a pass rusher, but I just think that if Mike Rimmers can lock him up for most of the day and not allow just a constant flood of pressure coming from Brian Burns over there, I think there's a good shot that the Chiefs can have some longer developing things, get the ball down the field more, make this not such a close game. For me, I'm going to go with the kind of next most important guy besides the offensive tackle blocking Brian Burns, Travis Kelsey. If the Panthers are going to play a ton of zone coverage, especially if it's not going to be of a match variety, just a lot of spot dropping zone, Travis Kelsey is probably the best receiver, and that includes tight ends, in the NFL at finding soft spots and zones. You can even go back. He's better than quarterbacks at it. You can look at Patrick Mahomes when he throws the ball to Travis Kelsey over the middle of his zone and it's out of his frame, if you go back and watch, a lot of times, Kelsey's probably setting down in the better spot than where Patrick Mahomes is throwing it. He just has a really good feel for where the openings and zone coverage are. I expect another big game from him if that's the way the Panthers are going to play it, especially against that particular linebacker group. He could make a lot of yards over the middle of the field, settling down in between some of those hook zones as long as there's the time to get him the football. I'm going to go with McCool Hardman. He continues to see time on this list, but this is going to be a really fascinating week, I think, for what we kind of learn about McCool Hardman um, because you've seen an uptick in production the last two weeks. Um, obviously, last week it was the Jets. This week it's a little bit different. The Jets you know, were a little bit more susceptible to some of those explosive plays down the field. Um, and I, you know, I think you know, McCool Hardman did a good job kind of fitting in there. This week, this this team's going to be playing for depth. You know, they're going to be trying to, like we, like we talked about, they're going to be trying to take the, you know, keep the defense, you know, or keep the offense capped. So is McCole Hardman able to continue to integrate himself into the offense within the structure of the offense? If that's, if that's the case and that happens, it's a pretty important sign for his growth and development. It's a larger sample size of him doing that. And that would be pretty impressive and, 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 you know, really a positive sign, something we've kind of been hoping for and looking for is, you know, some growth there, and that would be an indicator of that. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back to talk about the defense right after this. Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com slash Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Talking about the defense now. Craig Stout's ears just perked up. And I think we got to start with this uh, in the preview for the, the Carolina Panthers. Can they rush the passer finally, Craig? Uh, and this gets even more difficult with the news that was posted yesterday. Chris Jones is on the COVID reserve list due to a proximity positive, not reportedly from athletic trainer Rick Burkholder, but another family member or friend. We wish both of them well. We hope that everybody's doing well in that regard. But Chris Jones has realistically been the only guy that plays a significant number of snaps that has rushed the passer well so far this season. And like we said in the postgame earlier this week, he has been on a heater. He has been a problem for every team. Now all of a sudden that's gone. This is the time for Frank Clark to step up. Frank Clark is nursing an injury this week. He's been not not full go in some practices. They, they're kind of easing him along. Taco Charlton is a guy who has rushed the passer well when he's been in there, but he's realistically only been in there for obvious passing downs. I don't trust him as a run defender. So these are situations with the Panthers having a strong rushing attack and a strong commitment to the run. It's going to make it difficult for Steve Spagnuolo to trust Taco Charlton. That means guys like Turk Sean Wharton, guys like uh, Colin Saunders, if he's active this week, and Tano Passigno have to step up. Mike Dana as well. I don't mean to exclude him. Those guys have to step up in a big way. I think Spagnuolo is going to try and blitz to try and fabricate some pressure. But when they do go to some of these four-man looks, those guys have to make an impact because they're missing their best one right, then, right now. And they have to be able to affect Teddy Bridgewater if they want to slow down that Panthers passing game. And unfortunately, this is coming at a time where Frank Clark is looking not like his best self as a pass rusher. He's dinged up this week in practice as well, so which could play a part. But even if not, it's been a few weeks since Clark's looked super dynamic, super explosive, and it's showing up in the production. He's having a hard time turning that corner against offensive tackles. He's not using his hands as well as he did to start the season. So when you lose Chris Jones, that really hurts. The Panthers' offensive line is susceptible up the middle, but you're missing Chris Jones. So you might not be able to take major advantage of that. And then the issue becomes, if you can't get a pass rush, can the secondary hold up against a pretty poor receiving matchup? A lot of quick, fast guys who don't match up particularly well for this cornerback group. Shad Breeland, Charvarius Wards notoriously struggle with faster guys, especially if referees aren't letting them play super physically. That could be something to watch if the Chiefs can't get pressure. I will say the one Big thing you can look for here for the Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo likes to mix up his pressure packages. He really likes to dig deep into that bag, and the Panthers have handled them incredibly poorly. You don't want to have to get pressure by blitzing and confusing the quarterback, but if you can, it's a bonus. This is a week where the Chiefs might be able to cover Chris Jones' pass rush loss just by confusing Teddy Bridgewater pre-snap, sending a lot of different guys after him from different gaps, and hoping the Panthers don't pick up some of those free rushers. This is going to be a pretty tough week to try to get the pass rush going. I'm fascinated to see um, what C. Spagnuolo does to try to speed Teddy Bridgewater up with some of those pressures. Just because, you know, we talked about Chris, Frank with the sore knee. There's there's a lot going against this group. Uh, and, and hopefully they're able to manufacture enough or maybe a couple guys step up. That could be interesting. Uh, one of the other things we got to look at, return of the Mac. 
Christian McCaffrey expected to be playing this week against the Chiefs, his first game back in a few weeks. Uh, That changes some things there, Craig. Yeah, that changes their offense significantly. As we all know, Christian McCaffrey is a volume touch guy. I mean, I like the Panthers' weapons. I think Robbie Anderson is good. I think DJ Moore is good. I think Curtis Samuel's a little bit underrated. But frankly, they don't hold a candle to what Christian McCaffrey can do to a defense, especially one that's as slow as they are at the second level like the Chiefs. I really worry about Christian McCaffrey coming in here and being able to keep the Panthers in this game because it's not going to be a situation where the Panthers are necessarily going to try and hand the ball off to him 40 times and slow the clock down. He can beat you through the air and a lot of that stuff out in the flat, he might make a guy miss and be able to house. So some quick scores, some explosive plays could come at the hands of Christian McCaffrey if he's healthy here. So he's a guy that's just a matchup nightmare on his own. Now you're going into a year here. Joe Brady is the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. You've got about a game and a half, essentially, worth of Christian McCaffrey touches before he got hurt. So not, and especially at the beginning of the year when teams are generic and vanilla and things like that. I worry about what they've been hiding. I worry about what's in the playbook there for the Panthers. If we're going to see some stuff that's just unleashed and Spagnuolo is going to have to try and make adjustments and Joe Brady is just going to be able to have the linebacking core reeling a little bit, having his best player on offense back in the fold. I will say this might be a little bit of a nice change for the Chiefs. If Chris Jones can't play, that means the Chiefs are kind of forced to play their better run-stopping unit. They're forced to play Derek Nottie and Mike Pinnell more snaps, and that makes a huge difference in terms of stopping the run. That keeps the linebackers who have been playing a little bit better against the run lately cleaner. You don't give up as much space. So I do think they could have that going for them. You add on the fact that the Panthers aren't afraid to go to 12 personnel. They don't play it a ton, but they're not afraid to go there. So that puts Willie Gay, who's your best athlete at linebacker on the field, The Panthers might accidentally have stumbled into a situation where they're not getting the Chiefs' worst run defense possible, which a lot of other teams do get to go up against. That said, I'm especially worried about Christian McCaffrey in the passing game. The Chiefs are pretty poor covering running backs. They don't really have a good contingency plan there. I wouldn't expect the change this week. So if the Panthers really get him cooking underneath against some of those linebackers from the nickel or dime package, it could be a big game for him. As long as you make him nickel and dime you down the field, though, and not break 13 tackles on the way to the end zone for a big play, I think you can live. Yeah, all those plays that we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year, the versatility in the passing game and all the ways he was having a lot of success, the man that was dialing those things up was Joe Brady, who is now the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, Very dynamic ability to get running backs in space, utilizing them in the passing game. It's going to be interesting to see how they let Christian cook and how they pick on a a linebacker group that, you know, is not the best in coverage. Uh, And the the one guy that makes plays on the ball in coverage has a hard time seeing the field, Willie Gay. All right, players to watch. What you got, Craig? I'm going with Tyron Matthew coming off of arguably his best game of the year against the run. This man was filling 
gaps like it was nobody's business against Frank Gore and LaMichael Pirine. I think that he is primed for a big game because not only is he going to be asked to stop the run, Curtis Samuel in the slot, and the Panthers, at least early on in the season there with Christian McCaffrey, they still like to go to empty a little bit more. So I think there's an opportunity here for Tyron Matthew to see a lot of different matchups. I think we'll see some Tyron Matthew on Christian McCaffrey. I think we'll see him on Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. These guys move around a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of Tyron Matthew out of the slot. If he makes a big impact in this game, if he can kind of pick up on some of the stuff that Teddy's doing, jump a couple routes, make a couple plays, that could be the tide turner that then changes the script a little bit more makes it play a little bit more into the hands of Steve Spagnuolo, and he can get off some of these blitzes a little easier, speed up Teddy a little more, play into the Chiefs' defense hands. We've talked a bit about the Chiefs missing Chris Jones, so obviously the player to watch has to be kind of his replacement, Tershawn Wharton, coming off of, I think, one of his better overall games for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's getting steadily better for a guy that flashed early in the season but then had a lot of negative plays in between, which you would expect out of any rookie, let alone an undrafted one. He's getting a lot more consistent. He's playing consistently well right now. He's not having that many negative plays despite being an undersized guy coming from a lower level of competition. He's going to get a lot more spotlight this week. He's going to get a lot more reps. People are going to be a little bit more ready for him. Can he build on last week's performance? Can he continue the progress he's shown already this season? It's a guy to keep your eye on because he's quickly becoming a player for the Chiefs. And if he can just show a little bit of pass rush success at a consistent basis, that could go a long way to helping the Chiefs win this game easily. My player to watch is Charvarius Ward. We've got to see some more out of him. He's not been good recently, and it's a little bit alarming. Uh, and especially on you know with Legarius Sneed back at practice this week, he's coming, he's close. Um, Bashad Breland has undoubtedly outplayed Charvarius Ward this year. If someone's gonna lose their opportunities on the field, I I would I hope Legarius Sneed gets on the field over Charvarius Ward based on what we've seen of the two this point. Legarius Sneed's outplayed Charvarius Ward this season. I want to see improvement from him, and maybe knowing that Legarius Sneed's back coming in, maybe that puts a little pressure on Charvarius to start playing a little bit better because the Chiefs need him to be better than what he's been to this point. All right, predictions. What we got, boys? Yeah, I I think that the line on this is pretty accurate. I think that the Panthers are a better team than they've shown the last three weeks when they've kind of gotten beat up a little bit. Christian McCaffrey coming back changes things pretty drastically, especially for a Chiefs team that has struggled a little bit with some line or with some running backs. If the linebackers step up, I can see this being a bigger game, potentially a blowout, but I don't necessarily expect that to happen this week. I still got the Chiefs winning, but I've only got them winning by 10, short of the spread, 31 to 21. I agree. I think this spread's pretty good. The Chiefs have been relatively good about covering the spread this year, and a lot of that happens because they get to that lead right about where the spread's set, and then you get a big defensive play because Steve Spagnuolo gets to really dig deep into his bag of tricks. This game could definitely go that way. I just think that the Chiefs' defense, especially if they're missing Chris Jones with a banged-up Frank Clark and just this particular matchup, might not be at the point to where they can come up with those big plays. They might not be able to put it away. 
I don't think the game's going to be as close as the score sounds, but I do think the Panthers are going to cover that spread. I get the Chiefs winning 34, Panthers 27, and a game that's not really that close until the end. I think this game has trap game written all over it, and not that the Chiefs are going to lose this game. I just think that this has the makings of the Chiefs playing sloppy, knowing that the bye week's next week, you know, humming around, humming to seven and one, maybe just a little bit flat. I could see the Chiefs being a little bit flat this week. That doesn't mean they're going to lose this football game. I still have them uh, winning. Uh, They're not going to cover, though. They're going to win 31-21, just like Craig predicted. And I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. And I think it's going to be a little bit closer throughout the entire game than we think, than we want it to be. Uh, We're going to jump ahead and listen to Billy Marshall and our own pal, Chief in Carolina, breaking down this game, getting a perspective from Cat Scratch Reader. And now we're lucky enough to be joined by a guest. And I know this is kind of a new thing for us. It's not something we always have, but we're really excited to have on Billy Marshall. He is part of the Cat Scratch Reader, which is an SB Nation sister site of Arrowhead Pride. If you were ever looking for some fantastic work about the Panthers and anything going on over here in the NFC Southland where I'm living, this is the place you have to check out. But Billy, thanks for coming on with us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so uh, first question, just right off the top here, I just want to ask you, how has the Panther season gone for you? Like, have you been excited with what they've done? What were your expectations going in? And then kind of just what have they done so far to exceed those or fall short of them? No, I mean, I mean, it, it's certainly a good question. And coming into this season, uh, the talent level was certainly not um, at a at a great level, I would say. New head coach just came in. Uh, he brought in a new staff. He's coming from college ranks and so it was going to be a I mean it's going to be a change for them and so three and five at the halfway point is about sort of where I expected I expected them to be a a six or seven win team uh, in the first season of Matt Rule and they've certainly met those benchmarks and you know for me I, I guess it's it's been a combination of things that their offense has played about as I expected given their personnel and the defense is really young and inexperienced and They've been a little better than I thought. I thought they'd be probably a little wor- worse. Uh, but no, they, they've sort of definitely met my expectations as through eight weeks of the season. And a big part of that, I mean, it's always going to come down the NFL to the play of the quarterback. So how's Teddy Bridgewater kind of been thus far? And is he playing good enough to be considered for the future in Carolina? Or are they still trying to, do you think they're still trying to replace him going forward? Or has he played himself into kind of a little bit more of a long-term situation so far this season? Yeah, it's it's, it's tough to really know. Uh, I mean, Bridgewater has played about the same level that you saw Bridgewater when he was healthy in Minnesota. Uh, and I think he's aided by uh, the schematic advantages that Joe Brady has put in place and also the uh, talent at the skill uh, level. So he's certainly been a, an efficient uh, thrower of the football. Uh, I mean, he's, his time to throw is less than what you would expect, but I think that's just a function of the offense. Um, but I think it, it presents a pretty interesting parallel to what you guys were dealing with a few years ago. And that's with Alex Smith. And, and I think Bridgewater is certainly that type of quarterback where, I mean, he's going to get things done for you. He's going to play on time. He's going to distribute the ball. But when it comes up in big moments and can he really elevate a team when he's dealing with rough situations? I mean, right now we haven't seen it. 
Uh, but he still has, you know, the, the rest of this season and maybe next season to prove he can be the guy. I like the Alex Smith comparison there. I think the Teddy Bridgewater to Alex Smith comp is perfect because if the team around them is good enough, they can take you to the playoffs, win you some big games, but they need that extra help. So if the Panthers are to beat the Chiefs right now in this game upcoming on Sunday, how do you think they're going to do it? What does the offense have to do to have a chance to outscore the Chiefs? Yeah, so I think the past few weeks, they've really struggled in pass protection. And I don't think it's necessarily the effort of any individual player. Uh, certainly their left guard is a weakness. And um, I, I've mentioned that plenty of times on Twitter and, and other outlets. Uh, but with Russell Okung healthy, I think they should have a pretty good offensive line combination. The issue for them is that uh, their protection schemes and their ability to pick up blitzers, whether they're coming from the edge or through the A-gap. I mean, you certainly saw it last week on Thursday night where the Falcons just consistently brought those A-gap pressures with their linebackers and either Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw it to the right hot route or Mike Davis, the running back, didn't pick up um, the right player. So they've struggled a little bit with picking up blitzes and their protection schemes, I think, is the biggest issue for them. Um, so I trust that they might have, you know, corrected those problems but i can't be too confident um, but as far as what they have to do i mean you just have to look at i mean how their offense has been successful i mean they went into new orleans and um, i mean they nearly beat the saints and they competed really well with tampa week two so for me i guess the biggest thing is just if they're able to control the ball and i think they should be mccaffrey's returning this week even if he's not getting a line share mike davis has been pretty efficient and I mean, just their skilled players, I mean, they're going to have to make plays not only um, before the catch, but also after the catch as well. And um, Robbie Anderson has been a guy that Bridgewater has definitely liked throwing to. And I think he just makes his job easier because, I mean, he separates so quickly off the line of scrimmage. And then, I mean, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuels used in a multitude of ways, whether it's as running back or if he's coming on a jet sweep or if he's going downfield or a traditional receiver. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's been... It's going to be a tough challenge, no doubt, but I think there's certainly um, some areas that Carolina can exploit. Yeah, I think that wide receiver matchup from the Panthers to the Chiefs secondary is probably one of the bigger mismatches. Not even a mismatch, it's a really good match for the Panthers coming up. I do think they should be able to take advantage of some of the Chiefs' cornerback play, and especially if that Chiefs' defensive line can't get pressure, like you were saying, and with Chris Jones potentially missing this game, Frank Clark a little dinged up, that Panthers offensive line might be able to hold up, give them a chance to push the ball downfield a little bit. But I mean, on the flip side, the Panthers had a good, I mean, a draft that we all loved over here at Arrowhead Pride and our draft team. We loved the draft of Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown. I mean, some of those defensive pieces they were able to add. How have those guys looked to you so far? And do you see them kind of progressing as the season's gone on? Or are they struggling a little bit with that rookie wall about that's midway point? Yeah, so just going through the first four picks, uh, I mean, Derek Brown has played about as you expect. I mean, uh, we we uh, we saw him at Auburn. He was a very like durable and stout player at the point of attack, and that's what he's been. I mean, he's been really good in run defense. And my concerns with him were more about what he can do to affect the pass game. And he has generated a few more pressures uh, the past few weeks, so it's certainly getting there. He does not have a sack this season. Uh, but against the run, he's been really good. So that's been encouraging because that's what you would expect. And then, um, I mean, their next pick, Yutcher uh, Gross Matos, he was playing really well until he did suffer an injury. Uh, unfortunately, he's on the IR. So I don't expect him to come back until maybe mid 
next week or the week after. Um, but then, yeah, you mentioned Jeremy Chin. And it's been um, a rough start for him. And it's nothing necessarily to do with his skill level. I think it's, especially when you're putting a safety um, that's coming from, you know, a smaller university, it's going to take a little bit of time from the transition, especially in coverage. Uh, I mean, just going through his tackling and his uh, blitzing and run defense, he's been really good in that area of the game. His biggest weaknesses, uh, but he has played better the past few weeks, has been in coverage. And so for that, I just think it's a matter of him um, diagnosing route concepts, uh, being able to kind of flow to the ball quickly so he's not missing or any steps. Uh, but he's he's certainly been trending upwards, and I hope that's you know an encouraging um, thing that he kind of progresses throughout the year. And uh, Troy Pride, yeah, Troy Pride's the, the, their other pick who's got a lot of playing time, and he's been a little disappointing uh, because they've been asking him to do a lot. Uh, I personally, I wasn't expecting him to play this much either way, uh, but I mean, he, they're playing him everywhere. They're playing him either in the nickel or, or outside, mainly outside. Um, on the perimeter and he's been um, not great, but again, uh, for me, my expectations for him were kind of like a two to three year kind of uh, time schedule before he's really ready. So it was kind of rushed, but uh, I mean, it's certainly a player that maybe potentially down the road can um, improve. Yeah. The Yeter Grossmatos injury. I mean, that one definitely hurts a little bit because he really was coming on strong and you pair him with Brown with chin and then just even Troy pride getting that experience and improving as the season goes on. That's looking like a really good class. So can those guys or who else on that defense really needs to step up to slow down this Kansas city offense. And if they are to do so, if the Panthers are to hold the chiefs under 24 points, what has to happen? Like what do they need to do well to make that happen? Well, it's certainly going to be a challenging task, but I I would say the first thing is Brian Burns is definitely their best defender and might even be one of their best players on the team overall. I mean, he's just been phenomenal this season, his second year in the league. He's doing everything, run defense. He's setting the edge really well. I mean, and we all know we can do coming off the edge on just his ability to use that ankle flexion to really dip underneath offensive tackles. He's been great and he's been moving from the left side and the right side so you never know where you're expecting to see him um but the other parts i mean their linebackers have been a little disappointing this season they haven't been great so uh that's been you know an, an issue for them and in and, and the secondary again they're they're doing a lot of different um they're, they're mainly doing spot drops in the coverage so it, it gives uh, you know the def or the offense uh, you know opportunities to dink and dunk their way down down the field and you saw that when they played new orleans and Atlanta, Matt Ryan and Breeze are really good at that. And they just still tear you apart. So that's what, that's their issues. And I think the, the, the problem, the, I mean, the reason why they do, they're doing that is just the talent level is not great. So you're not, you don't want to put too much um, emphasis on this with the young defense and they're not going to be able to pick it up. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think that it's going to, it's going to take some luck as far as, you know, forcing turnovers. And that's just going to be the biggest thing. Maybe Kansas city, I mean, one of their, weak links on the offensive line picks up a few holding penalties and you're pushing their offense back and uh, you know, they put them in disadvantage situations. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, it's going to be challenging, but I mean, weird things have happened. No, absolutely. So with that said, just what is your gut feeling? You know, you don't have to give me an exact score unless you have one in mind, but what is your prediction for this game? How it's going to play out? You know, we like to end this podcast here with a little bit of a score prediction and we always get in trouble when all three of us predict a 
quote unquote blowout win for the chiefs. So please don't do that to us. Cause you're going to get our mentions all lit up with now we even have another person on here, but I mean, how do you think this game would play out or is going to play out here this weekend? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly expect Patrick Mahomes to have, you know, a great day, especially if they're just going to, if Carolina is not going to be able to guard the middle of the field, uh, Kelsey should have you know, a huge day himself. And I do think Carolina might be able to limit the explosive plays um, just because they, they they've been doing that all year, but Again, it's unexpected. This wide receiver group for the Chiefs has so much speed. So, but I think overall, I think the game, the line right now is 10 and a half. I, I think Carolina might squeak a cover a 38 28 uh, Chiefs win. Uh, that probably makes the most realistic sense for me. I think Carolina will score and have success moving the ball. But I just think that Kansas City's offense is going to be too much for their young defense to overcome. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. I mean, thanks, Billy, for being here. Like, Billy M underscore 91. Follow him on Twitter. Catch all of his work and all of his great colleagues at Cat Scratch Reader. And, I mean, Billy, do you have anything else you want to plug? Thanks for coming on. Please shout out anything you're doing that you have that you want people to get their eyes on. Yeah. So, um, my podcast host and I, John Ellis, and I do a, a podcast with Blue Wire. It's called The Roar Podcast. That's where you can find all of our. Uh, recaps and previews for each game uh, but outside of that i really appreciate you guys having me on we can't wait to follow this game on sunday uh, thanks billy and hey maybe one of these times if i find myself uh, near you we'll have to grab a drink and watch a game together yeah no doubt Support for the show comes from SoFi Invest. Alternative investments are now available on SoFi. Unlock the potential to build and protect your wealth with alternatives including real estate, venture capital, pre-IPO unicorns, and more at SoFi.com slash Vox. Active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Alternative funds have unique risks, including the risk of loss, may charge high fees, can be illiquid, and may not be suitable for all investors. Prior to investing in any fund, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and important information contained in a fund's prospectus.